Welcome to Wednesday Comics. You are listening to Wednesday Comics, brought to you by RootsOfTheSwampThing.com, Rainbow Comics, Cards, and Collectibles, and WednesdayComics.com. Welcome to Wednesday Comics. To my right, we have Alex the Axe. Pastorello, how you Hello, doing today? Hello, everybody. And across from me, Garrett the Hammer Walls. How you doing? Good. And I am Marvin Dragonfire Salguero. We are talking DC Metal today, so stick around for that. DC, it says in the book, event. I wasn't I, for sure, but it says event. So. I think it's an event. Yeah, it's just, but they're not promoting it like that, except in the book. You know what I mean? It's not like they're like ads for it. They're not being like, right. this thing's going to change everything forever. I haven't seen that. Mm. It's just a cool thing. We'll talk about it later, though. They're just going to slip it in and just hope you. Speaking of ads, so I saw that DC, what well, DC, Marvel with their legacy thing coming up, that they're going to put ads on theaters and TV, right? To try to get fans in or try right. to get new people to read. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's possible. Like, they're not actually starting over on anything, right? They're changing no. the numbering back, and they're right. doing new arcs. So bringing like, it back to basics. Is what do you think saying. anybody's interested in like as a new person coming in and reading that kind of stuff? Wouldn't they be confused a little bit, or like? Um, I know we always say just jump in, right? But for the Marvel to be like, here's where you can jump in, and then they're kind of lying. Not really, you know what I mean? Well, I think for Marvel, how many times have they rebooted a series to number one, and they've seen how unsuccessful that is? Like, yeah, you get like a big spike for that first issue, but then it automatically goes down in amount of sales. So I think like it'll be interesting to see how this happens. Cause if you get those Marvel fans that watch the movies and everything like that, yeah. and you throw this in there and say, Hey, like this is the entire series. This is number whatever. This is a great place to jump on. Like we're honoring our legacy, whatever. Um, I'm curious to see if people would jump on, but I think it will be scary. I mean, yeah. if you get like an Alex Prostralo in there, you'd be like, you mean I'm going to get 152 mm-hmm. issues before this? For the oh, record, see, that's everyone, the I'm not actually that bad. Not that well, if bad. You, I'm, not it's bad. Like I'm not that Mighty bad. Mighty Thor 700's coming out. Yeah. You're not going to be getting 170 issues. No. 700 issues. But let's say... Uh, but okay, like Saga, yes, I did go back and get every issue. I think that's different, though. That is contained, you know, and it, like that is one story. It's not like Mighty Thor has arcs and stuff like that yeah. and ends and research oh, stuff. Can you shut that off? It's bothering me. I know it, I probably can edit it out and post that fan, but if I can't, I can't fix it in post. You know what I mean? We're just we're gonna sweat in here because I, I, didn't, say, I, I didn't turn it on that air, so it's gonna be super hot in here today. I say I tell you what I I've been sweating balls since I sat down. I don't, and I have the fan on. I I'm know. like fucking Mister Freeze, so like I'm Are wearing you? a sweatshirt right now. Oh, I'm you're fine. cold today? Okay, oh, well, I'm not cold. I'm just saying I won't sweat. Like my thermal system is so fucked up. I I feel like a polar bear. Just in this room, global warming is real, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about, before the show started, we were talking about how, so I was looking at uh, sales numbers from last month, and if you take out number one issues, you take out anything that's like a spectator that inflates the numbers, usually that gets around 120 or sometimes 250, you know, but those are like, uh, what's that loop crate? They'll put a comp in there and it inflates the numbers. We get rid of all of that. If we have... Like Amazing Spider-Man, whatever number it's on, sells like 
actually Amazing Spider-Man right now is selling like 50,000. But let's say like Batman right now selling selling like 80,000, 85 I think. So let that let's say that's and usually Batman that's what actually that is how um comic books range their sales. Batman is always zero, it's the base. So if we base that so 85,000. We were just talking about what's the population of the US like 25 250 uh, 300 million. Yeah. Nobody's reading comics. <laughs> it's like, what's it going on here? And I guess we don't know digital numbers. That's for yeah. sure. But then again, we've talked about a couple weeks ago, we were on, a comic book was here. We were on their show also. We talked about like, it's so rare to find somebody who reads comics, especially weekly. Like trades, it's more easy to find somebody be like, oh yeah, I read in trades weekly that I don't think anybody's reading comics. Like it's very, like it's so rare. Like besides people at the shop, or people you know who do uh, comic book shows. Do you know anybody who reads comics weekly? No. No, I the p- people that I talk to about comics, like outside of like, yeah, all those groups, it's yeah. like they'll pick up trades every now and then or like basically they'll pick up the random one-off issue that's like creating a lot of buzz. Yeah, but so the, the concept, I don't know why I just stuttered. The con- too much Red Bull. Concept, <laughs> uh, concept. 16 ounces, 10 o'clock at night. Um, heart attack's probably going to happen. <laughs> But the concept of a weekly comic is so foreign to somebody. Like, why would they, whenever you tell somebody, whenever I tell somebody, oh, you get comic books? Like, yeah. And for them, they think that. That's what, if any casual person is like, oh, yeah, you go to the bookstore. And I'm always like, oh, no, it comes out weekly because on the Wednesdays. For that, like, blows their mind every single time. I was actually at the shop today and they were explaining that somebody, like, oh, new comics come out every Wednesday and all this stuff. And you could tell they were just like already getting overwhelmed, be like, what do you, every week? What do you mean? Everything like monthly, you got to pick them up. Like, like they don't understand. Like this, so you got to go out and get this and make sure you know when it comes out. And I'm gonna get poked in the eye. It's so weird the market. Like I don't understand. Especially, it's so non-new reader friendly at all. Yeah. That at a point you got to think that if they're not getting that many new people in, all their current fans are dying off. Literally, like they're getting too old and they die. And eventually, like where does it go? Like what happens? Is it all gonna be digital? It's all going to be digital because everybody who's left reading is going to be people who just find it. Like it's easy for someone to go to Comixology and go, this is new this week. Right. And you can also subscribe to something there and it tells you when the issue is out and it downloads it for you. That's super easy for somebody new. But like Diamonds giving issues to a, a store, like I don't think that's very easy for somebody new. And I think that's the reason why many of those numbers are low. Plus, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, like you said, Batman's hot shit. Marvel, I mean, not saying that they're going to make them open. I think uh, Marvel, if they were, if Marvel did DC Rebirth or even did like New 52 the way they did it Mm. when those movies were coming out, I think we would have a different story. Like they would be like, oh, they're restarting. I heard for so many people, New 52, especially like you, you're like, oh, I can jump on here. I actually saw on Facebook, it reminded me, uh, though Alex was like, oh, DC, New 52 is coming up. It was like from how long ago? Five years ago? Seven years ago? Yeah. No, well, six, that's the only thing that's been crossing my mind the whole time we've been talking is that what's an easy thing to jump onto? I tell you what, Flashpoint was an easy thing to be on board of. Yeah, because you knew it was a nice it was self-contained event, in a different universe, and then it it bled into these other. Um, I don't know what the right word would be, but just other stories. So there was the Superman project. There was the um, the miniseries. Bat- yeah, yeah, all these miniseries. They had nothing to do with the actual characters, other than. Here's a little aspect of them that I, it was really, was nice from a guy who all didn't their read history com- was there. They yeah. didn't have past history, 
So when they needed 52, they wiped it all out. They um, would reintroduce concepts that they've done before or make new things. And then when Rebirth came, it's kind of actually they got all that stuff back. But I feel like it's really easy to be like, here's actually what's happening. There's a lot of like handholding. Right. Whereas Marvel, every time they restart, it's kind of just like nothing really changed. It, it's the same. It's the complete opposite. They fucking swat your hand away and but say, I think hey, if you they don't did, know this. If they did a new 52 where they restarted like completely or even a rebirth. I mean, if that's what legacy is. That in these movies were coming out, I think we would have, people would be getting comics weekly, and you would hear more people be like, "Oh yeah, I got the new Spider Man series. Who doesn't want to read Spider Man? They're so excited when Spider Man comes out, Thor comes out." But I never hear anybody that we go to these movies to being like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm reading Spider Man now. I'm reading like they don't know who Miles Morales is until his movie's going to come out." That's what's so surprised me how divided Marvel Studios is as a film industry and like the Marvel company. Like, well, he has the- to be separated, Kevin Feige. Because, I know yeah, because they were like trying to be involved too much. Well, they were trying to be involved, but like you're right, they didn't do a rebirth or a new fifty two kind of thing. But like, what a disadvantage did that put Marvel at? Because like at the time when Avengers was like hot and popping, and everyone was like, "Holy shit!" Like these are the best guys ever. Well, Iron Man. I mean, Tony Stark's not Iron Man anymore. Hulk's dead. Um, Hawkeye, Hawkeye's gone. Black Widow. We had a little mini, but now she's potentially dead. Um, who else is there? Thor's not Thor. Spoilers, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> if you're like in a fucking gutter somewhere. But but you think about this. They so much don't like you said. They're not. There's no. And then the only word I know to use for this, but I don't really like it. Synergy. There's no like cohesion between both the universes. That even even when they do something that's based in the cinematic universe, that Marvel Thor Ragnarok prelude, the last issue came out today. Yeah. So it's not even coming out in November. And I'm guessing that's because they want the trade to come out in November. So they know, like, nobody's picking up these weekly comics. So, like, this is, we're just going to pump that out and we'll put up the trade in November. And we're hoping that's what the, they're going to pick up. Right. Because they're going to go to bookstore and not going to see it. Because no, I, like, I literally think that nobody knew is getting these comics. Uh, very rarely. And it's very hard concept to, to sell to somebody, like, paper weekly comics. Like, I never ever see anybody. Well, I mean, Every once in a while, like once a month, maybe I see somebody new in there, be like, "Oh, like looking around." Yeah, but every single time, I can tell overwhelmed. But right. I, I tell you what, as a even a guy who's now collected books for years and years now, when I go to other comic book stores, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, if you don't know like what's going I, on, when yeah. I go to um, Dragon's Lair or Krypton Comics down in Omaha, it's one that's set up differently than what Rainbow is in town. Holy shit! Where where's the beginning of where should I be looking? There's That's so true much too. Crap. Like Rainbow is it's at least set up to be like this week's comics. Last week they have right. Dollar Wall, so you can try it out if you want to do something cheap. And then they have uh, they even have issues and collections. So it's I think actually they're very organized. But yeah. Sometimes you go somewhere and it's just like here's all the comics and they're all random and you're like, imagine me somebody new and be like, how does anybody know how to pick up anything? Because you're assuming that's all comic book shops are. Yeah, I don't want to name drop a famous comic shop in New Jersey, but there was no fucking organization. <laughs> like, comics were just thrown all over the fucking place. Uh, and I think, uh, if nothing else, I want to make a shout out to Rainbow. You guys do a great job with your organization. Absolutely. Yeah. But, like, if you go into a bookstore, right, you know where the comics are. They're separated Marvel, DC, Image in any bookstore. I'm not even talking about a Barnes and Noble, like a yeah. big bookstore. Even back, well, I mean, bookstores are kind of not around anymore. But back in even the day when they had a borders and stuff like that, it was here's comic book and they're separated by company Publisher, and yeah. then they go alphabetical, you know. But if you go somewhere like it has an organization because they're so small, like the comic book shops, it's like 
so confusing. And I was just thinking about that when I saw those numbers. I was like, and those numbers are way down. Like I said, Spider-Man's down to like, and it might be people are saying it's Marvel is the reason why those numbers are so down because they're not, like, not doing good stories. It's down to like 45, 50. But Spider-Man used to be Marvel's like only thing that like held on to it. Like it would sell like 85, 90. And it was always doing that no matter what they were doing. But now like it's dipping down and people are like, oh, people are getting tired of Dan Slott, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that's it. I just think that people aren't getting comics anymore or like getting like there's no new people coming in. And you think right now out of any time, there'd be a huge influx of new people and we'd be like, man, record sales. Yeah, but I think it is a scary thing because it, it may be more socially acceptable. But I still want to tell people, oh, yeah, I get comic books. I don't you, think it's socially accepted. It's actually like, maybe to books. like like these characters. Yeah. But people were like, oh, yeah, I like those movies too. I mean, I still, oh, get, no, I like I still get judged from people going, you read comic books? Yeah. It's like, yeah. That's such an old way of thinking, though. But like, you're right. If they're not used to it or exposed to it, then, then yeah. Then, but I know. would think at this point, what? how long, how far into Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe are we? Or into the start of the 2008 with Iron Man. So we're like. So. Eight, uh, almost, 10 years, almost 10 years in? Yeah. You think it right now would be like people would be getting into the thing it's based on. Like when they make the 100 game movies, those books sell out. When they make, you know, Lord of the Rings, people go back and read those books. Any kind of movie that's based on the book, they go back and get into the source material. But that's what I'm yeah. saying is like right now there's nothing to go back like this. That's why there's such a fork in the road. Like if I was like, holy shit, Captain America was awesome. I go back. He's fucking Hydra. Well, that's but what I was gonna say is that it's hard to find your source material, and when you do, it's either at, at least as issues, it'd be hard to find. You have and to go back like ten years when that universe was starting to find but heroes I think that are it's currently just, it's being just Marvel though. DC, the number one movie right now is Wonder Woman. I don't see yeah. Wonder Woman climbing those charts at all. It's not number one in the comic charts. Well, to be honest, they don't have the greatest. I mean, they're putting good work on there, but like, I don't think it's like you're not putting Tom King on Wonder Woman. You're not putting like great a they're not making that flex yeah, yeah well they're they're gonna try with james robinson but i think his name holds more weight with people who know comic books yeah. than somebody new you know who should be writing that book is somebody like who and i i don't know it depends on who you get but like the uh you know the, you get somebody like who wrote hunger games uh, suzanne collins yeah like be like hey you want to write runner woman i guarantee you she'd probably be like if i go about Runner woman right. and it holds weight with people from who sell his movies they would come see it or get anybody who has written comic books that's a big name Preferably a female writer because right. there's like no female writers, uh, especially at DC. Well, Margaret Bennett. Uh, I mean. Margaret Bennett, but that like I said, those names hold more weight right. with like a comic book. If you're gonna get new people in, I just feel like it's like an you know like an old uh, gentleman's club. It's just like we're doing what we're doing. We've done this as long as time, and DC at least tries. DC puts out these uh, mini series and be like, hey, here's something new. Try this maybe. Um, they do the uh, what's that DC superhero the the you cut kids books. The what? The uh, superhero girls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a to try to like get newer readers at the uh, younger age, grade level age. Yeah, and like at least they're trying because they know that ship is sinking, mm-hmm. and they're trying to do something to like patch up the holes. But I think like if they need more people to do that, like Marvel, I don't think it's really doing that. I think now D- Disney's more trying to do it than they are. They're putting out those young kid books, but they're putting it throughout through like Scholastics or somebody, not through Marvel comics. Yeah. I don't know. It just makes me, when I see that, think that we're heading towards something where we might start seeing more just digital only or start seeing a change in the market that's going to, you know, ruin out. I mean, maybe it needs to be interrupted a little bit to like get stuff going again. Right. 
I don't know. I just want more comic books. People read more comic books. If it's hard to tell somebody to try to, like I see, I see every single week, um, if you, uh, you go on Reddit or you go somewhere or even somebody's always like, hey, how do you get into comics? Like every, they're always, And every single time they're always like, it's so confusing when I look, when I try to get into Spider-Man and I look and see there's like spectacular, amazing, like they don't understand all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. just, I think it's just too confusing. Well, it's because there's always more than one book though. Like you said, there's spectacular, there's amazing, there's web of, or for Batman, there's detective, there's Dark Knight, there's just Batman. There's never yeah. just a Batman. There's never just a Superman. There's a... He's in 12 different books. They're all called a Batman of some kind. Which one do I read? Which one's the right one? Which one goes yeah. with what? I'm not saying I have a solution. I'm just saying right. that I'm on that Titanic and I see that iceberg ahead. I'm trying to warn some people and be like, fucking turn that shit. <laughs> Let's get out of here. I think for me, it's, it's hard to... to uh, now, I know, I know you at least read digital. I don't know how much digital you read. Mm. But I'm one, of, I'm one of those guys. I just I love having that copy. And so for it to actually move towards more of a digital world, that's unfortunate. See, it's I not love even the collector vert digital comics, collector of me. It's just wanting to have it. But I oh. love like the community of like when I go to the shop, talk to them, talk to you guys and mm-hmm. like there's a community when you go there. I think it in like there's a star for that community. That's why we go to the comic book shop and get well, at least I do. Like go there and get it. And like it's a whole community thing. That's why you see a lot of this. You see a lot of YouTube people talking about comics. But it's like people who've like read comics forever and they're like really into it because they want to give their opinion. I think we even said this on comic book episode. I was like, because there's nobody out there. Like you read a comic book right. comes out once, uh, twice a year already. Like this come out twice a year. Who am I going to talk to about this? If like we didn't start this, it would be me and Alex. Like I literally imagine that you read something. You're like, I only know one other person I can talk to about it. Like what else is there? Yeah, I, I'll admit I have that because my, my wife doesn't read comic books and I binge read all sorts of stuff in the last two weeks. And it's like, God, who the hell am I going to talk to? But you literally could go and see like Annabelle Creations came out this week. And you could say to somebody, hey, see a new Annabelle movie? I guarantee you there's more of a hit rate for that movie than there is. Hey, you read Mighty Thor this week? Yeah. I literally can find nobody else. I, or, hey, you read Batman this week? Literally nobody else. Except for the people I already know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I could be like, hey, you seen that Annabelle movie? Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> or like, Did oh, you go see that oh they know what it is. No, I didn't go see it. I heard it's good though. I we, like, we, it. Did we talk about it last week? Yes. Uh, oh, okay. At my house. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about it on the show at all. Oh, somebody commented that we talked about it. I don't remember talking about it. I don't know. Maybe I said <laughs> it was shit because it's scary until a giant spider shows up at the end. It's going to be good though, that remake. I guarantee it. Brought to you by RootsOfTheSwampThing.com, your definitive online source for all things Swamp Thing, featuring news, reviews, and a comprehensive chronology of the Swamp Thing. All in Files number one is currently sold out. Issue two is in production. Make sure to follow John on Twitter at DCWorldSwampy or on Facebook.com slash RootsOfTheSwampThing. That is RootsOfTheSwampThing.com for more of the green. Uh, talking about a book that came out twice a year. Southern Bastards number 17, <laughs> <laughs> written by Jason Aaron, art by Jason Latour. This is, uh, who's this on the cover? This is a guy from the other, the other town, right? It's Vinny. Yeah, yep. Um, the used car dealer, I can't remember what his name was, and I even read this book tonight. Uh, LeChucky or something like that. First off, I just wanted to say, uh, before we get into the actual contents of the book, uh, Jason Latour has a page in the back where he thanks everybody for being patient. Like I said, it came out twice this year already. Uh, the editor for this book, his father died, and then like a week later, Jason Latour's father died. So they took time off. 
Uh, and then there's three pages of him talking about his dad in the back there. And I told Alex, I go, I cannot read this tonight. I go, I guarantee you when I read that, I'm going to cry. <laughs> so we can't do that before we start the show. <laughs> but the actual issue, here's the thing with this book. And like, I just wanted to bring that up first because I don't want to blame them for this book not coming out uh, on time. But it's hard to know what's going on. We were talking about before we got here. I don't know what's I don't remember what's going on. Like this issue just came out in seven months. Yeah. So it's came out, last one came, or sixteen came out in January. There wasn't even like a previously page. There's like five words. Uh, there's like three sentences literally. Here's previously. Oh yikes. So I mean, it's hard to review this because I like just but just this issue. Yeah. Just you know the, I said this is one of those things that I have to go by just the issue. The issue was good. But I mean, considering also like the art was great like it always is i mean if you think like uh what jason was going through during this time it's amazing that he can even do something like this still um like i said like i was saying in the forecast not easy book to read sometimes very gritty there's even a part in this issue where the character goes visits his dad's grave like imagine drawing that after your dad passed away yeah when he says that in his his back matter, he goes. I couldn't read that. I told you. No, I know. But I'm just saying he did talk about it in the back matter. He goes, <laughs> hey, you read the back matter. I skimmed. He's I, starting to. Oh, you skimmed. I, was, I skimmed. I skimmed through it, but well, there's one part he yeah. goes. I, uh, you know, work on this book. It's it's emotionally hard to do. Yeah. And I, it took me a while to get through it. So I thought I understand well, that. It's just like uh, travel. Uh, travel foreman he used to do the art for Animal Man, and he was going through some family uh, stuff at the time. So he had to stop doing the book, the art on that book, because it was all about Animal Man and his family. So he's like, I can't do this. It's too hard to draw this book. And I'd imagine the same thing. But I, I'm guessing that Latour and Aaron, this is more personal for them. So like, he's going to keep going. Yeah. But it was good. It talked about how, so in the last issue, which I realized I did not get, yeah. uh, I remember, I think actually it sold out at the shop and I never got it. Oh. Um, but you know, the thing is, I, I'm pretty sure I have it. I just don't remember reading it. I th- I remember him texting me being like, I got the last one. And I'm, I remember thinking, oh, I got to get it. I got to get it. So I have to look and see maybe if they order more, if there's some there, or I have to get it somewhere else. But uh, I, I, I felt I knew what was going on just yeah. from the context. Well, I, I mean, it's here. understandable. There's still this. I'm going to call it a war and it's not. But there's this battle between these rival teams. Teams. So two issues ago, boss, the uh, one of his henchmen was like, hey, we can go beat up that tight end and make sure we win this game. Boss is like, get off my field. I don't play. I don't. He goes, I'm heartless off the field. But when we get to this field, I play fair. And then they lost the game. And then he called him up and was like, okay, let's go. And he grabbed the stick, Earl, that Earl used to keep. And I guess in the last issue, they beat up the tight end. Right? Did they put him in the hospital or how badly did they beat him up? I'm pretty sure they beat, I know they beat the shit out of him. They talk about him here like he's in the hospital. Yeah. Okay. So I'm pretty sure. Again, it's been a long time since I've read this issue, but I'm pretty sure they beat the living piss out of him as much as they did the driver of the cars to yeah. take it into oh, yeah. Colonel Quick McCluskey. But now they didn't realize they've started a war. Now there's a war going on between these two uh, towns, boss and the next town over. And so this issue is them dealing with that, trying also to figure out a way to make the team better because in this city, football is everything. Like even it sounds though, like this county. Yeah. This, this whole state. Well, they beat the like, tight end and now they're at war. See, yep. like, it's like, uh, it's still like, you know, this issue reminded me of, if you ever watch shows like Soprano, any kind of other shows, Wire, which is like a real drama, but like, there's bad people doing bad things. And, you know, Tony Soprano is not a good guy, but you watch that show long enough, you're like, I like this guy. He's funny. 
he has fr- he has good friends like I like he's jokes with the trenches like I do um yeah, but he kills people every once in a while <laughs> so like I'm in bosses in here and he goes to his best friends which is also another character's dad's grave and they both show up at the same time they have a little moment being like thinking what would he have done and like talking about it and like having a little moment where you can see that maybe boss he doesn't like boss but he still kind of looks up to boss that was his dad's friend yeah there's moments like that where you're like oh, man I, boss is a good guy. i think i think for a second but boss is a good guy and then i remember killed earl <laughs> like did all this shit and i'm like ah he's not good but still the writing in this is so strong that i'm like that's a good he, like he's i'm torn between whether yeah. or not boss whether i should be on boss's side or be happy when someone beats the shit out of him and i like that dynamic where you're like i like this guy but i don't like this guy no he's a bad guy but he's not always doing the wrong thing but you know who thinks he's a bad guy roberto uh, roberto so she's gonna we the the way they and can I just say what yeah, happens yeah. at the what end? What happens at the end? So we've got uh, boss is sitting in his car and I, he's he's praying to God, telling God that I'll I'll read all the books about. Well, it wasn't Jesus. boss. All, isn't that boss? No, that's his uh, new defensive oh, coordinator. Oh, that can't figure out how to win a boss. win a game. No, that was because remember he was later uh, earlier in the in the comic. He goes into boss's office to tell him, "Hey, I figured a way to beat that quarterback." And boss throws the TV at the trophies, and he's like, "Okay, I'll go." I'll come back later. Yeah, that's her. Oh. So she's obviously moving so, in. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm telling you the wrong thing. Not boss, but the new I think it's defensive coordinator, yeah. Okay. He can't figure out how to run a defense sorry. ever since... Uh, what's his name? Died? Boss. Um, Biggs. Biggs. Uh, by the way, spoilers for... Uh, this is in the notes, you know. A lot of shit happens in this book, and I think it's... Like I said on the forecast, one of the great greatest Jason Aaron books. This, this issue is kind of like... Slower than usual. Just big, not pigs. Um, we haven't seen that one guy for a while, the hunter. He was in issue 13, I think. I don't know. So that's the thing that oh, he was. this book is that Jason's doing a nice job setting up other characters, but it'll be nice when, and I'm guessing in the next five issues, I'm excited for the things to come together. I like love how these covers look. Like there's the issue yeah. 12, which is blue. Most of the time it's red, but when they do this little sparkle of color, it's like, oh, that's nice. You're right, though. It's, it's back on a normal schedule, I saw. Next, it comes out September 9th or something like that. Score. So I'm looking forward to it. This was an eight. It was solid. I mean, I'll give it an eight for the issue. Um, I know if I was more consistently reading it, it probably would have been stronger as a whole. But I think if you're reading this in trades, uh, this would be a good issue. It's not, like I said, it's not an action pack issue. Nothing really like big happens, but there's a lot of character stuff in this issue. That's a lot of development. I agree. Eight. Southern Matchers, 17. Uh, Speaking of Jason Aaron. What else we get? He's right. <laughs> oh, I know, but I'm just, I like that. Oh, yeah. I, I like looking no, at no, it. No, no, be fair. I did, you know, I wrote just it Just kind of check me right into it. Uh, we got The Mighty Thor, number 22, written by Jason Aaron, art by Russell Donnerman on page one. And two through 20 is Valerio. Sorry if I ruined your name. Shiti. Yeah, exactly. So Jason, uh, oh, Jason, Russell Donnerman just did this page? Yes. Okay. According to the credits on the front there. Uh, Mighty Thor uh, 22, this is, you know what's weird is the last couple issues haven't been part of the same arc, at least the title pages. So this is, uh, I mean, the story's the same, so obviously right. it's but yeah. they've been changing the title of it. A Fistful of Brimstone. Um, I don't actually, there's something about this art that I really don't like. I don't know what it is. It's not bad. I know that. It's just not my style. 
it's like so hard to tell what's going on sometimes. Yeah, that's what I thought about in the past. I guess I can't really chime in on this because I forgot to read this. <laughs> Sorry, fans. Um, Doesn't like Jason Aaron. Gosh. I mean, whatever. I must have saw it and I was like, I'm not excited for this book, so I just didn't read it. <laughs> I like the cover of this book. I, Gross, I, will, I hate I, that cover. Oh, really? I have, I have to admit, I'm biased. I love pink on covers for some reason. <laughs> like Sex Criminals, I love that issue one. Uh, I thought the uh, last full arc, the... Uh, um, what was it titled? The Shi'ar? The Shi'ar War. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that was great. I like that. That Donnerman's art in it is great. I like his layouts. I really love his layouts, the way he puts things. And then he did the first issue of this new arc. I thought that was great, too. I really liked it. And then we got to the next two. And it's very hard to tell what's going on. I don't think the layouts are that placed that well. I think, like, for this issue, at least in particular, it's the how much fire, how much red, how much orange is in this that I do get, I actually read it and I was starting to get kind of drowsy reading it going, oh, okay. Yeah, especially. They're still fighting fire. Especially when you have two characters, the coloring for the Thors, both Thors, the ultimate, new ultimate Thor and uh, Jane Foster Thor. For some reason, they're really inked very uh, solid. So like they're kind of mostly black. And then yeah. when you have all new ultimate Thor that has a red beard and he's fighting a, basically a fire demon that's, uh, a goblin, right? Fire goblin that's all red and has black also, like in the shadows. It's very hard to tell what's going on. Yeah, um, yeah you look at that cover, and I looked at the interior art. It's kind of like why I didn't like the last issue of Mighty Thor. So I just, just from the outside, just on the art side of things, yeah. I have no idea what the I story is. But feeling of Dodderman did the art, I would like this issue. Well, I, 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 I like the first page. I, I agree. <laughs> well, I agreed that the first issue of why this did arc you do was the really first good. page? I got a clue. We'll look at the first page. It's just like a splash. I think yeah. it's just. I think and it's just Cinder is, talking. See, I feel like he drew up way ahead of time, and they're like, "Hey, let's put let's put Russell's in." Uh, the story that's good. I like the story the way it's going. I like I like War Thor. Man, that like he before I mean, he that issue where he grabs that hammer is like really was for me. I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah. so those kids die, and he's like, "No, they're, I'm going to avenge their deaths." Deaths, and he grabs the hammer and becomes the War Thor. That issue was great. That was a great issue. That was like the greatest issue that I've read in a long time from this book. You didn't like the last arc? I liked it, but I thought it ended. Meh. There was there's one thing in this book that made a reference to Mighty Thor 11 from 2011. Damn. I have no fucking clue what happened. And I was like, what the shit? I've been reading this book for a while and I have no idea what the hell. I don't even know if Mighty Thor is even before my time to read. Well, it's, it said when of 2011? It was Mighty Thor number 11, 2011. Uh, Mighty Thor 21. Whatever. From 2011, though. The last okay. Mighty... It wasn't this Mighty Thor series. It was like the last... It was... Uh, when Odin's son was Thor? Before Thor God of Thunder. No, before all that. I think it was Matt Fraction's run. That's what I just said. Time. Oh, no. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, he said... he's After you said he said Odin's son. No, it's pre-all no, no, that I'm stuff. I'm just saying it was when Odin's son, Thor. Yeah, it was actually him, yeah. Was, it was back... I believe it's Matt Fraction's run. It was Mighty Thor. Hmm. Um, so there's something that happened not in a Jason Aaron run. I have no idea what's going on. Like, and it, I mean, it just kind of took me out because it was a little side note. Hey, by the way, this is what happened then. I don't mind it though. She explained like she just said my father got assassinated by Odin's son. How do you kill that? <laughs> well, the glory that even he's... even uh, War Thor couldn't rain him out. He's only been Thor for three issues. Give him a fucking break. Well, even he goes berserk in this book though. Spoilers. He goes berserking every. No, I know, issue. I know. But so he has this little flashback of the kids dying and going, um, 
I don't know if they call him Mr. Volstag. You know, don't let yeah, us die. Do. We don't want to burn. Don't let us die. We don't want to die. And so Warthor berserks out and is flooding and killing everybody. And um, Jane Foster shows up and she goes, "You're that's not how we do this shit. You're going to kill innocent kids. Yeah, there's a kid. Uh, Little fire flame, yeah, fire goblin oh. kid. And she goes, that's not how you're going to do this. He almost killed her and he goes, there's nobody innocent here. Not even them. And she was like, they're just children and women. Like, what are you doing? The same thing they did to you. And so now they're fighting at the end. That's the next oh. issue is going to be them versus each other. See, I get to see Loki going up to. I'm excited Ultimate for this war, Thor. though. You're not excited for this upcoming war? I told you I haven't read that fucking issue. No, no. They've been talking about it for the last few issues that Loki and. War. Well, I knew and, that uh, was in the, the Malachi. Like, yeah. they're doing all this stuff. It's leading, obviously, to 700, right? Yeah. Is where that starts. I'm hoping that Loki and Malekith come up to Ultimate Thor and take, like, a, a doll and just, like, get a lighter and lighter <laughs> right in front of him see what happens i don't know i know you said that you <laughs> ultimate not really been interested in this book for a while uh i saw i really like this book i'm i'm biased to part of me i just i, I want to have a thor book and i enjoy it and i like jason Aaron. he's definitely definitely stringing out a story that's lasted for a long time he's You're talking for something but the most important part is that webs dario is not in this book <laughs> that's true that is true so, it only took 12 there's no dumb minotaurs in this book right now but yeah, I'm going to give it till 700, and 700 is going to be my yay or nay, basically, on staying on. I'm going to give it a 7. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a 7. Mostly for the art. Like, if it was Donnerman, I'm pretty sure this would be, like, a 9 for me. But yeah. it's a 7. Agreed. Just because, like, you can, I can't tell what's going on, and I don't really like the style, so. You know what style I do really like is the style of Descender number 23, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Dustin Wynn. I looked at the wrong thing. <laughs> so did I. I thought you were talking about the next book after that. <laughs> so did I thought, we'll talk oh, about it. Really? I thought we... I th- all right. No. Yes. I. This art was great in this book. Dustin Wynn, like, his painting style is unlike anything you'll ever see in a comic book. Like, I don't think... I mean, there are some people that attempt to paint. Like, Mike Del Mundo might be the nearest person to him that paints their art. Um, Alex Ross? He paints? Yeah. That's paint? That's all painted, yeah. I guess, but the style is different. Watercolors. Right, watercolors, basically. And Dustin Wynn pulls this off in such a way, um, but mixed with Jeff Lemire's writing. Like, this is the second part of The Rise of the Robots. What? What I did tomorrow made me laugh. Our knees are so, by the way, our (laughs) knees are so close that I keep bumping them and it made me laugh. Anywho. (laughs) So, yeah. Second part of Rise of the Robots. at the end of last issue, basically, um, Nierita or whatever, Queen Princess Nierita or whatever gets, she's drowning underwater because Tim 22. Telsa? Telsa, I mean, sorry, geez, where am I thinking? I don't know where Nierita's from. I don't know. Maybe that's one of the planets or something. She's on Malta. Yeah, not, whatever. Forget what I said. Yeah, Telsa is drowning. Uh, Quan just. De- uh, obliterated Tim 22. That was awesome. Um, and so then that kind of, that's kind of where we, up. yeah, that's kind of where we started. And basically the uh, human government is coming in on the robot territory. Yep. Where basically a potential war is about to take place, probably. Well, but now instead the robot yeah. set a trap. Yeah. Robot set a trap, killed every single, so there's probably a hundred ships, killed every single one of those ships except three. Three. Yeah. And one of those was the scrapper ship. Right. That warned the, I think it's the is it CGU or UGC or something. I think it's UGC. That okay. sounds right. So they warned the scrapper ship that's got Andy and all the other scrappers go, hey, it's a trap. Get out of there. Hmm. 
And so they do teleport, or they space shift, or whatever they want to call it. And now only three ships are there. Now they're right. under, um, I'm going to say arrest. Right. And they get thrown under the bus by Andy's ex-girlfriend. Right. Which we probably saw coming all along because she is cyborg. Yeah. But I think the strongest part of this issue, the oh part. shit, fuck, like I did not see this coming a million miles away. So we assume that Tim 22 is dead. And uh, so Quan, you know, is making out with Telsa. Okay, he's, he's, <laughs> he's CPR. Re- yeah, CPR, basically. Uh, hey, he, he kissed her for a little bit. I know, he seemed there. to like it, too. And he was like, ooh. Telsa. She wakes up asking, hey, how how'd you get out? I put you in prison. Super robot arm. Right. Killed and then Telsa's like, where's Twim, Tim 22? And all you see, like, you turn the page. Fucking Tim 22 shoots a fucking laser beam through Quan's like, body. Yeah. yeah. And he just, like, I was so fucking shocked. I, I'm kind of, okay. I don't necessarily want Quan dead. He's kind of a dickweed. But if he's dead, my mind is going to be so blown. And I tell oh. you what, Tim 22 was fucking scary. He was. And then, like, he, the last page is Tim 22 being like, you can't fuck with us kind of thing. And his, like, head's, like, his le- head's upside like, down with one cord. Yeah. Like, upside down. Awesome. <laughs> it was, I tell you what, it's creepy. I yeah. was going to tell you that it didn't feel like a Rise of the Robots. It may not be Rise of the Robots yet, but Tim 22 is sure making a. Oh, man. I mean, that was the, the first time in a long time where I flipped a page and then, like, I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. There used to be a shitty uh, Super Nintendo game that was called Rise of the Robots. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna give this issue. I'm gonna give it a nine. I'm gonna give it a nine too. I don't think it's a ten because like it's not enough. You know, for being a book about Tim Twenty One, not a lot of Tim Twenty One in this issue. Tim Twenty One was there making causing a little trouble for the robots, mm-hmm. but that's the thing is I don't feel like it's Rise of the Robots right now. It's Tim Twenty Two's running the show. It's the robots are stewing. Kind of yeah. is a. Uh, I haven't read this book in a while. And you know, since issue one, Tim Twenty Two. Who's that? Main character? No, he's no. the bad guy clone of Tim the main character. What the heck? Yeah, Marvin, well, I, I think your homework, much like mine for Saga, are you, how, how? I guess you're behind, but you stopped. I by. would, if I was going to reread it, I would just start from issue one. I know there's no way I re- remember. Well, anything. Well, well, I might as well do issue trades. one then, because yeah, they probably don't even know number one is. They're on Hoopa. So I said, read the issues you got, or probably can't find them. We can <laughs> read on Hoopla. I told you I took a day off of work, and I'm going to do is going to organize this room. What does that have to do with your descender problem? Because then I may all find it. <laughs> I, won't find it. <laughs> I uh, you know what really I think made it a definitely a nine was just that surprise factor. Holy shit! Because we talk about it on the forecast all the time, and even on this show, I want stakes, and there was definitely there was an outcome that was coming, and I was like, yes, that's that's what I want to see. I mean, I think it was just great storytelling. By Jeff Lemire. I mean, to, and with assistant, obviously, you know, Dustin Wynn sold the holy fuck factor when you see Quan get obliterated by Tim 22. Uh, I did look up uh, Marvel uh, Mighty Thor 21. It was Matt Fraction. Uh, here you go. So it is old. Just to confirm that he was right in his case. <laughs> <laughs> it looks a lot less like Cinder. Yeah, he actually. Looks like, it looks like, like a demon. Less like she looks just like a fiery yeah, so. thing. See, that it's looks pretty good art. It's pretty good art. What I saw on that other issue. Uh, let's talk the uh, best issue that came out this week. Spider Man Two Number Two. Spider Man Two Number Two. Yeah, that's right. Uh, written, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Sarah Pacelli, 
Uh, this is part two of the uh, mini events of the year. Uh, <laughs> the uh, continuation of Spider-Man 1. Uh, Garrett, overall, what do you think of this book? Um, I would say... Sorry, drink that flavor shit. Um, <laughs> I would say yeah, art, way step up. Art was good. Yeah, I mean, compared to that first issue, issue one, yeah, I was yeah. going to say the art, art really improved. I forgot it was Sarah Pichelli. I was like, oh, they have David Marquez for this issue, and then right. when I done reading, I was like, oh, Sarah Pichelli. Um, story wise, this is the old Sarah that I remember, right? Yeah. So story wise, um, still all over the fucking place. This issue, it's just too much, and I don't like I like I don't like being overly negative. Uh, usually, I do it for comedic effect, like we're over the top negative, just because it's like, hey. It's funny to hear somebody rant about something. But this issue really sucked. I, I don't think I'm not going to get the rest of this. I knew you wouldn't. Fuck. <laughs> I, what know, is there? What payoff? Because uh, I looked at the next uh, couple covers. Right. What payoff could there be? First off, the thing we waited, how long? What was the last? When was the last miniseries? Uh, fucking five years, years ago? ago. Yeah. See, that's right. It's and outdated. Then, it just doesn't fit now. First off, Peter Parker tells him, hey, when I looked you up and I came back that time, uh, what I found was that you don't exist in yours. There's nothing. Bullshit. Yeah, we fucking know. The last know, page like, was him going, holy woo. shit. Yeah. There's no way you look at, I told Alex, there's no way you look at a zero search results and be like, holy fuck. Right. Like, that's not going to blow your mind. You're like, oh, I guess it doesn't exist in yours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what he expected, right? He goes, maybe there's nobody like you over here. Well, I and, think it's more that Peter knows, okay, this was stupid, obvious, but Peter knows he's like a serial killer or some bad dude and he didn't want to be like, dude, your counterpart in this earth is a total dude. No, but he said, he goes, look it up. And then he hired uh, Jessica Jones to look it up, and he goes, yeah, there's no Miles Maybe Morales talk to world. S.H.I.E.L.D. Either A or somebody erased everything. Yeah. Or Secret Wars, all that thing erased them from the universe. Either way, but like, is that really like what he had planned from the beginning? You know how I know that he, A, did not plan anything for Super- Spider-Man 2. They were just like, like, like I said, he ended, he had a cliffhanger in mind, uh, Bendis, and he was like, let's just write with that. And he never expected, I guarantee he never expected to follow up on it ever. Yeah. But people were like, what's that cliffhanger? And he's like, oh, shit, you want to know? No shit, people want to know. You end a book like that. And then now he's. So just, much they to make a fucking event when you could just probably yeah. thrown it in the Miles Morales. And Spider-Man now he just has to go back and be like, try to make it connect. Two, this is more of a Nick Picky thing, but in this issue, they keep talking about uh, why don't you star call yourself? Like star instead of Google. I look back, uh, I told Alex at the end of the end of miniseries, Peter Parker uses fucking Google. To Google Miles Morales. So Brent Bendis doesn't even remember what he wrote. Yeah. Well, he says Google in the beginning of the book, I thought. And then no, he says Starkle. Oh, the I, whole time? He says, why don't you search yourself online? And they go oh. online search engine. And then when they actually name it, the name is Starkle. So it's like, maybe A, you can't say Google anymore since then. But then just say, why don't you search yourself? Why make a whole yeah. like, tag for it? When I know when you go back, and now it doesn't even fit continuity-wise. Right. Or maybe that's a sign that maybe this stuff did change. But like the right, I told, so... We talked about it. I had ranted before. Like Once he got here, I was like, I got to tell you about this fucking book. Usually, Spider-Man is quippy, and it's okay because there's somebody else that he's quipping against that's serious, or it's like a bad guy, and you're funny. Oh, he's making fun of this bad guy. But when you have Miles Morales and Peter Parker going back and forth with quips, it's oh, too fucking much. It's too. like fucking Deadpool. I'm just I like, holy fuck. And the joke, they're not even funny. It's just annoying. And they make Peter worse. They make yeah. him the worst fucking human being on the planet. I just want to be like, shut up. Yeah. Fight the guy for two seconds without talking. Like, Best I'm, part of the series is Taskmaster. 
Taskmaster was okay. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty good. I mean, I'm just saying the best. It's like the least dark shit on the pile of shit. Yeah, is actually did like the worst. <laughs> he was like a funny Punisher. Yeah. I already did like the way we were going with him. Um, what was I going to say? Taskmaster. Oh, Peter Parker. And also, when they were like, he calls Miles Morales kid, and he goes, "Kid, what am I talking about? I'm only three years older than him." Peter, really no got, way. Yeah, Peter really got the age that much that he's only three years older than Miles Morales, the kid that's in college. Yeah, no way. Holy shit! I thought what, see, now. I thought when Miles took over, I thought he was like fifteen at the earliest. See the bottom left there or bottom right? Yeah, because he's. In, I thought Miles was in high school. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he might be in high school. I don't remember. I when this new. He does say kind of. Oh, he goes in three years older, kind of. Well, maybe he's not even three then. Maybe he means <laughs> he's like two and a half. Kind of. Well, I guess there was a time jump with Miles. I don't know. Maybe well, there was nothing in this book that. But would a, the time jump have been led even Peter to be older? Because now by no, by now Peter's time jump 35. in his own universe first. Oh, I see. There's and nothing in this over. book that a maybe be like. Oh, I got to see how this ends. Like I'm interested in this mystery. Nothing. Like we, we there was even a time jump in this issue that I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's so weird. It's all the thing with the Taskmaster, Peter, and Miles. And then the last four pages, we get an action scene on a plane for some weird. We like jump forward a week yeah. with no context. Uh, nothing about it made me be like, I got to keep on this book and figure out what happens. Two, even like just as a minus the mystery, there's nothing in this book for me that was like, this is enjoyable. Nothing. Yeah. Maybe if like the other Miles Morales like was a famous Spider Man rogue or something. Or like, even make him an interesting character. Yeah. We've seen him twice. He's the Hunter. This is what, five issues, right? Yeah. We, we, so we're almost halfway here. And the only thing I know about the new Miles is that he has a scarred face and he's working with Taskmaster. Right. Jigsaw. And that Taskmaster really is the Punisher. I just told you guys the book. <laughs> I don't know. No wonder he's so Michelle's art art, better yeah, in this one. Yeah. I'd probably give this a six. I'll give it a six too. No, I mean, that's too much. I'm going to give this think? a four. Okay, then I'm going to do five. It was I, I think, so annoying I think to I read. gave the last issue a six or a five or something. Can't I like, like I was... Uh, once again, telling Alex where you got here. I like Miles a lot. And in this book, he was so annoying and different that I was like, this is your character, Bennis. What the hell? Like, yeah. oh, so this would be like Grant Morrison writing um, Damien wrong. Yeah, writing him as annoying it's, new guy. Well, what it is, is like Bendis has based Miles basically out. I mean, he's basically Peter. Just, that's what I mean. It's like I two mean, Peters. Yeah. But that's not, so it doesn't work in the same book. No. Because before it was mentor to mentee. Now this time it's like we're both Spider Man. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, when the other yeah. time that they met, it was a lot of like he looked up to him. You're right. right. Looked up to him and it was kind of like a teacher student thing. So Miles really wasn't like that quippy. He was kind of more like, oh, geez, how should you do that? Learning from him. Yeah. But now they like seem like they're equals. Right. And I guess Miles feels more comfortable to be like, let's just be the same person. Like I'm used to you, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Bad. And when did he figure out that he know, he knows Peter Parker Spider Man? Yeah, he figured that they showed out each the other. first volume. Did they both take off their when masks? Was, and they did to each other in a really sensual way. Well, because way. Miles was there in Spider Man, so mm. that continuity is still the same. It's still the same, yeah. And plus, Miles was there when Ultimate Peter Parker died. Yeah, but where does Secret Wars come in? Like, where does it erase? I don't know what it erases. Secret Wars cloud. cloud. <laughs> Doesn't you don't get to fucking know? That's <laughs> the whole happened. point. That's what I was confused. I was like, it didn't erase that, but it erased like nobody else knows who Spider Man is anymore. Spider Man, Ned. <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's so uh, like because Murray's dad used to know. His dad doesn't know anymore. No, his dad knows. Oh no, no his mom. His mom knows now too. Oh okay. Why? Well, I, I know it's all over the fucking <laughs> place. Everybody knows. Like the Spider Man book with Miles and the Spider Men too. 
I don't know, Spider-Man 2, just think of it as an annual, otherwise your brain's going to fucking I thought it would at least be fun. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's fun. Except for the Taskmaster. That yeah, whenever there's fighting with like, those action scenes of Taskmaster. But it's mostly because of the art. Yeah. So what, it, what am I going to get a book for? Just to look at the pictures? We'll talk about it later. Oh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> What's next? <clears throat> so this week we got Dark Knight's Metal, number one, written by Scott Snyder and art by Greg Capullo. Uh, DC is, uh, what do they call it here? DC's event, a DC comic comics event, uh, issue number one. This is issue one after the, uh, two little one shots, the forge and the casting, uh, leading to, there's a checklist in the Mac with, it's going to be in some other, uh, DC books and then Mm -hmm. some other one shots. Uh, what do you guys think of metal? I loved it. Um, you know what? Like me and Marvin, prop me and our friendship was based on this. But like the Batman we got to know was based off Grant Morrison's Batman. The amount of yeah. Grant Morrison universe Batman references in this book, insane. Well, not even just Batman, just in D- his right in the whole yeah his multiversity, his run on a lot of you know Batman esque things. Um, that was great. You know, it ties back to Golden Age, Silver Age, not really Bronze Age, but. We um, get we Red get, Tornado. You get Red Tornado, which metal is men. freaking great. Metal Men. You get Doctor uh, Fate. Doctor Fate. What's uh, the, the Metal Men's uh, Doctor? What's his name? I don't remember. I can't think of his name. The uh, Challengers of the Unknown are in this. Um, I didn't realize Black Metal Hawks. was so long. Like it's a six month event. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's huge. Cool. Um, there's a lot of Easter eggs. Yeah, a lot. Oh, there's a lot of sprinkled in. Um, if you're a fan of DC history, there's a lot going on, a lot that to bring it into rebirth. Uh, still a Martian manager, but um, I thought he might show up. Probably so has you, shown up. You just don't know it. Capullo's art was really good. Like yes. this color was a little off the first few pages. I think they had, but did the Jordi Belair do colors? No, it was uh, uh, Placentia, right? Or the oh, was Placentia the one who always did their colors before? No, before it was um, I thought it was Belair. Shit, who was it? Maybe it wasn't. Was it Jordy Belair on Snyder and Capullo's Batman run? No. No? Oh. No, no. It was somebody else. Oh. It might have been. It could have been Placencia. I, I remember saying that name a lot. And he used to do uh, does Flash. A lot of books. He yeah. did Flash for a while. Okay. Um, no, I think it was somebody else. Coloring is a little different. Yeah. I think Hollingsworth did a few issues. I was going to say, I think. I'm thinking of Hollingsworth. He did the uh, Zero Year, I believe. I was say, I thought it was either Wilson or Hollingsworth. But I mean, the, it was fine after the, fir- the first few pages were really like bold, and then eventually you got uh, a style that was like how we used to. So, but um, so the beginning, it is kind of like a, and I think this was intentional. I I would have to see if there's an interview out there with, with uh, Scotty that he where he talks about this and see if it is actually intentional. But we start with the Justice League in the middle of a uh, action scene. They're trying to get away from Uncle, and then we have the uh, uh, Megazord scene. Google right. Power Rangers. It was awesome. But it reminded me of, and when I mean intentional, it reminded me of James Bond and mm-hmm. how they always start, like he's writing a mission, they show you that, they just show you the action scene mm-hmm. and then cut to and then they get into the story. So I think it's, he's just trying to be like, hey, this is just going to be like an adventure tale. Like we're going to start you off with this right away and then boom, we'll get into the story. That way it's not like, you know, get you right into it. Start with the big bang and then go back into the main story. And that's what James Bond does. It's like, boom, right. and then you're into it. And then you can build up from there. Um, the rest of it was uh, was good to great. 
I thought. Yeah, I mean, it's setting up, obviously, the big mystery. It's just going to get bigger and bigger as we go, is like what they've said. Um, Did you read Multiversity? No. no. And I think, and I do think that's something I'm missing out on, is the fact that... I don't think you're missing anything by not reading it. But they reference but it, it, at it least helps. off and on in this book. I, I thought it looked good, but I felt it was very wordy. My, personally, I thought it was wordy. That was the only thing I didn't like, also. There's a lot, mm-hmm. like, of... It didn't let the art do much of the... Yeah. A lot of you know, when I'm paying me. five bucks for a book, I'd rather be wordy and give me a lot of information than be, uh, you know, 28 out of 30 pages of... That's true, art. but I thought those two one-shots were kind of ready, like, the setup. And then when we get here, I was like, oh, there's more. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot with Carter Hall and Kendra to set up. Oh, that was cool, up. too. We saw Hawkman, yeah. Hawkgirl. Right. She not really Hawkgirl anymore. She burned her wings, I guess. Right. She tore them off or something like that. Uh, we see them. Which one was Hawk Girl? Kendra. Uh, she don't see her as Hawk Girl. She's, um, she's, she's not, the lead of the she's scientist She's the Black Hawk leader? Yeah. Yeah, the Black Hawk oh, leader. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's Hawk Girl. Um, and I don't know if you know about Hawkman Hawk Girl's history, but basically they have a curse on them that they get reincarnated once they both die every time and they fall in love, whatever, rinse, wash, repeat. No, did not know that. Really? Yeah. Dude, so the last page we see the new Sandman, um, Carter, I think. I don't know. Clint Marco? Clint Marco. Oh. Okay. Uh, but that character actually is the grandson of Hawkman and Hawk Girl. So that's his inclusion into this, I believe. Um, I don't really know that much about it. So I don't want to talk about it that much. But. <laughs> you mean talking about Dream? Yeah, the last At the end? Sandman, yeah. Yeah. Um, but overall, I thought the issue was good. You know what? Yeah, I love about this issue a lot. And I like the way, like the tone of it. Like it's crazy. Like you see Batman run away on a dinosaur. You see uh, the Megazord, all that shit. That's like true, like metal. It's like crazy. It's, it's loud. It's like in your face. It's not subtle at all. And I believe like that's what this whole thing's going to be about. So it actually makes me excited. This is going to be just like a fun thing, even though there's a lot of information, like you said. And it did kind of throw me off being like, no shit, with more information. But I think the like pace that it's going at and the things that's already showing me that it's okay. It's okay with already being like, hey, there's a Megazord and they're not going to be shy about it. It's right. already showing me Batman running away on the dinosaur and all this stuff. So I expect like a lot of moments of that to be like, oh, that's fun. That's comic books. But it also explains that Batman is going to end up, his obsession with this metal has become so high that he's basically going to be the reason that Barbados comes, comes back. into yeah. the universe because he can't, it's like, you know, like what's going to unravel in Detective is Batman knows that Tim Drake's alive. He's going to obsess over that until he finds Tim. Just like this metal. He has to get to the bottom of this mystery, and he'll do whatever it takes. Like Everyone will say, just stop. Like It's better if you just don't just stop going towards this yeah. answer. But he's just going to keep moving, and then shit's going to get fucked up because it's, you know, curiosity killed the cat, basically. I give it a 10 out of 10 because, I mean, as, soon as, as long as I've been reading DC Comics, my whole, whatever, 15, 16 years of comic reading... Um, so many Easter eggs throughout the whole DCU. I mean, you get Plastic Man. Uh, I loved when they were like people reacting to finding out about Batman's. Oh yeah, involved. Plastic Man was in that. Yeah, there's a little like apostrophe, not apostrophe, fucking exclamation, exclamation point. point. Yeah, whatever. Um, around his uh, little. Well, they went into thing. the dark universe and it came back. Right. And then Hawkman went to dark universe and it came back. So that's what started Kendra's like obsession with like figuring it out. Um. If you read Multiversity before, I w- if you haven't actually, 
I recommend go reading it. It's really great. The whole thing is yeah. great. Yeah. Like, it might open your eyes to how extreme there is this could be. two actual multiversity issues. There's one, and then there's a lot of like one shots of the different universes, and then there's two. There's also a guidebook, which that guidebook's amazing. Yeah, it has the map and all It has the this map that they show in here, and then they announce that they flip it over and it's black in the back because that's the like the dark universe, yeah. you know, the dark matter, which is a real concept, dark matter and dark energy. So I always like that. Scott always finds like these small things that are real and like makes them come into the DCU and be like, hey, this is how this works here. See, I saw an interview with Scott uh, online and he said he had talked to Grant Morrison if that was okay to do that. Oh, really? And he said that he got a bunch of advice from Grant Morrison on. Buddy. I was like, Grant, come back, come back, please. If Grant Morrison comes back to DC, like, it's so, I love Grant Morrison a lot. I know, he's so great. Everything. Yeah. Arkham Asylum. Yeah. <laughs> but uh see how it two goes. <laughs> that that mini series, yeah, multiverse. I would recommend go reading that. Not because it's gonna make this make more sense. I don't like you said, I don't think it really is necessary, but there's a lot um of the tone that's the same, I think. So yeah. I give it an eight. Eight. I was a strong eight for me too. I say ten. Just because I don't know. I'm a DC sucker. When I get all these fucking Easter eggs, it just amps me up. So. I'm like at eight, but I keep like I'm like one step more and it would be a nine. Yeah. <laughs> I took a step. And if down. Snyder and Cool keep saying this is going to get bigger and bigger, like that's what I mean. I it's feel like this is going to be a fucking like, treat. It's going to escalate to a point where it's like, this is fucking crazy. Right. You know, that fucking Megazord is coming back. There's no way you put that shit page one right. or put it and be like, hey, they have this thing. They're and probably going against all the dark Batman, the dark Knight. That's because there's no way that Batman saw that and wasn't like, I'm going to make one of those. Right. He's, he's already making one. He, well, Alfred's making it. He's already made it. Alfred doesn't leave that cave, obviously. Like, every single Batman issue... I touched you again. Every single Batman issue from, like, the last detective and a Batman, he talks to Alfred. He's in the cave. He doesn't leave. He's chained up in there. He's making all these things. Why do you think he's so pale? <laughs> he's getting so light. He's got to solve these mysteries. The one thing I want to mention is that um, Mongol being on the moon is from Action Comics. Mm-hmm. Where Zod punched him yeah, in the face. They mention it. And that they do mention that after. his fight with Zod. So. Right. Oh. Do you like that continuity? Kind of, yeah. So there's things I enjoyed. I did like the Batman uh, hijacking the dinosaur. That shows signs of a strong, like, they actually have editors over there now that's like trying to join something. Right. Together. Well, because, like, you know, the whole, with the whole action comics thing is they were like, oh, Mongo, I'll give you your own war world again if you want. And he's like, a war world? Fuck yeah. I want another. Hey! Action Comics, speaking of, I saw an ad for the upcoming arc, which is awesome. Mr. Oz's. He coming and back, Marvin? I saw the artist is the artist that was on New Superman, and I really like that artist. Victor or somebody. Right. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, he's in that book now, too? I don't know. I might get that arc, at least. Yeah, you got to find out who Mr. Oz is. Yeah. It's this whole rebirth thing's about, basically. Sort of. All right. Trinity number 12, written by Rob Williams, art by Ken Marion. So, you know, we also put Spider-Man 2 and Trinity 12 next to each other in this list. Why? Because then we'd have two shitty books back to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I have to put one in between. I suppose. Uh, so, Frank, Francis Madden put him out in this issue. He has to take breaks, I guess. I mean, if you're doing everything, I guess you need a break. Yeah. But, uh, not good. It would have been, <laughs> not I, think, good. I think, again, it's one of those things that I understand if Francis Manipool needs a break, but then just delay the book. Yeah, DC's making enough money on their books, maybe not on their movies, but on their books and TV shows. You don't need to. DC's have a had a thing though since fifty two though they don't want delays. Yeah, but yeah, they don't want to be. They don't want Marvel's reputation. But I'm 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 a firm believer DC, and if you've got good material, we're willing to wait for a delay. We are, but they're not. Well, that's unacceptable. 
That, <laughs> it's unacceptable to have a book not come out. What this really to. should be is what we talked about uh, one episode prior, not one episode, but in an episode prior, is that I feel like it should just be like a quarterly book. You know, like let Francis do his thing. They really should bring that back. If they really like want to keep somebody on it to, like Alex was saying, but they want to delay it, make it come out less. But then again, it's going to hurt the bottom line because not that many people are buying comics, so you can't really keep a book going like that. What bummed me about this book is I was actually really excited for this. I was like, too. I thought the dark, yeah, the dark, you know, whatever. Trinity. Dark Justice League Trinity was going to be great. And that Clay Man cover is actually really good. And then mm-hmm. you turn in the first page and you're like, what no the Clay fuck? Man. No, he's on the cover, though. I know, but I mean, yeah, like, if right. Clay Man wanted this issue, I think it would have been better. Oh, yeah. I think he would have been the perfect artist for it, too, which is the sad thing. Um, but you get Constantine, who's more of an asshole than normal. I mean, he's always been an asshole. Um, Zatanna. Head is empty like flower pot, basically. And then Dead Man, it's like, hey, we need a third person. I, I Here's find Dead it Man. weird that these three, I'm going to call them mystical, mystic people, are really shitty. That they're really yeah. not good. Well, in this representation. Yeah, I mean, sure. well, that's the thing. Is like you in Detective Zatanna, man, she kicks ass. You're right. She's awesome. In this book, she is incompetent. Right. Dead Man is no brains, no brawn, no nothing. He is just a spirit going into people. Right. And Constantine, holy crap, the man is hornier than, well, than you. What? Fuck you. Burn. (laughs) So, um, uh, but the cool thing about, the only thing I liked about this book was Red Hood and the Outlaws coming into it, but the way they were in it was forced. And like, I thought it was a cool concept until I kept reading. And I was like, "Uh, it doesn't really fit. And the, my uh, uh, gripe that I told Garrett and Marvel was in the room with us when I said it, they kept reminding us, We're, you guys are a trinity, you're a trinity, you're a trinity. Yeah, I, I get it. We can three, count to I three. I can count to three. <laughs> I got that. Because even Raish goes, well, there's only two of us here, Cersei. Yes, we again, we can count that Luther's not there. I just bugged the shit out of uh, I didn't like the art. Not that the art was like un- unreadable or super bad, but... Some of the pencils were like there's a lot of cross hatching, which I don't enjoy. The coloring was too uh, shiny for me; I wasn't flat enough, and uh, the inking's too heavy. So like all of it makes it seem like uh, style I don't enjoy at all. They called this guy up and was like, "Hey, we got to fit this issue in for uh, Man of Boy." Rushed, yeah, issue, it seems yeah. rushed. Uh, the writing was overwritten. There's way too much dialogue, way too much like, uh, like you said, Constantine constantly has to like be making these jokes. Uh, like you said, the concept to be like, we're a trinity, we're a trinity. To like, come on, man, I get it. You know what I mean? So a lot of this was like, you know, actually I thought when I was reading this, I was like, how long is this arc going to be? Can I just skip I this think it's one? Two. Can I skip this, you think? <laughs> I think you could skip it. Yeah. I, I know Garrett and I couldn't. No. Another thing that I thought was, I mean, that was cool about it was when Bizarro and Superman are fighting. Because like, Superman thinks that's his Bizarro. But I mean, it is the current Bizarro. But this Bizarro is like the big teddy bear from yeah. Red Hood. You know what's weird about this series as a whole is that we recommended it be like, this is better than Justice League. Get this. And it was. When Manipul does it, it always is. Yeah. But when it's Rob Willis has done two arcs now, I think. Or no, who did the no, last one? Who did the Colin Bunn. Colin Bunn. Bun. Yeah. So it's just like, man, what are you doing? You're does this ever have like stories in the back hash? Just like, hey, we're going to do this it's whenever like Manipul can. generic stay. shit that like anyone like not exciting at all. Francis Manipul like gets all of them and makes it more just about... It's not just Superman is the heavy. It's not that Batman's the smart guy and Wonder Woman's like the uh, 
perfect mix of, of those two. And that's like what their team is. Manipul like, gets into like them beyond that. And when I read this and then it's like, all right, like I, this is the book I want to read. I don't want to read. I don't all need right. these three on a team and be like, when Constantine shows up, he goes, all oh, the big heavies are here. Mm-hmm. Something really big must be going down. I don't feel like that's what this book's about. Like make that Justice League. You can make that a big event, right. you know, book where shit's going down. Uh, make this more about like, what brings these three together? Why are they like so close? Why are they working as a team? And so I always understood the Trinity was they were friends. Yeah. It's less of, oh, that. something big is happening. We have to deal with it. This issue just gets, gets one plus for me because it made me laugh. Is when Superman opens Red Hood's mouth really huge. Yeah, I really wide. I wish we should <laughs> have killed laugh. him. Yeah, it made me laugh. I was like, holy shit. Uh, for no reason, because Constantine just like talks into his mouth. Well, no, he's he's going down the mouth oh, to go get the them. Which, okay, the the well, the serious part of me was like, that doesn't make any sense because if that's his mouth, and I realized the mouth is just the, the mask, black just a portal, hole. yeah, yeah, it's not actually his mouth that Superman just broke his face. I know, it's like and that his jaw. So just, it, I don't know. Would you want a black hole in your mouth? You can eat whatever you want, but it wouldn't go to your belly. No, because so. uh, then I'd just be Kirby, and I don't want to be that. I think Kirby eats everything. It's not Sp- just a black hole. Spits it out. No, he eats bulimic. it. Have you watched that show? <gasps> I give this issue a six, only for the fact five. that when Red Hood and the Outlaws yeah. showed up, it made me think of the actual great series. That everybody no, no. I, it has to be a five. This was, this was shit. Let's see. Which one did I enjoy more, this or Spider-Man 2? Neither. I enjoyed this one more than Spider-Man 2. I think you know what? I actually didn't. Judging by the sound, I would have enjoyed Spider-Man 2. I'm going to give this a three. A three? Holy <laughs> shit. I hated this. I really, like, the last few pages, I didn't even, like, I skimmed over so fast. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. The, actually, the Red Hood, the problem with me was I couldn't give it a boost for the Red Hood and Outlaws being in it. Because this ruined the fact that that book is amazing. It because it showed, it showed these characters as shit. You guys have been lying to me because they show up in this issue and this issue sucked. No, you, dude. That's the that's the one. That's the version you're used to. I agree. The version that we've been reading is not that fucking. Oh, okay. But you uh, like that? Sorry. Side note: the book that we've been reading, you feel for bizarre. You feel for this team right. as a team. It's not even like when New Fifty Two had the Outlaws. We're like, oh yeah, there's the the attractive factor is uh, Korra or Starfire. Uh, no one gives no one gives a yeah. crap of Arsenal. And then there's Red Hood, who's pretty ba. This is actually all three of them hold their own. And it's so And they're good. like, they're better friends than that, those yeah. three. And I actually were. believe they're friends because yeah. they all, both um, Bizarro calls Artemis and Red Hood Reds. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're this cute little, I'm sorry, I think they're a cute little family because they do right. care so much about Bizarro being right. sick or dead. He's fine now. I know. I'm so excited for that next uh, time. Anyway, actually, sorry. actually, they started reading that. You did? Yep. Oh, you won. What do you think of Dexter Soy's art? Can't tell you. I'll tell you when I'm done. That are the, those were the comics for this week. We have Southern Bastards, number 17, uh, Spider-Man 2, number 2, DC Knights Metal, number 1, uh, Trinity, number 12, slash annual part 3, Descender, number 23, Mighty Thor, number 22, Rainbow, Comics and Cards, Looking for comic books, collectibles, board games, or any sports memorabilia or sports cards. The only place you need to shop in Sioux Falls or Lincoln, Nebraska. Visit their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Rainbow Comics and Cards, or their Lincoln location at Rainbow Comics and Cards, Lincoln. Or find them online anytime at RainbowComicsandCards.com. And uh, make sure you... uh, 
for DC metals, maybe. I mean, they were all sold out of the regular covers. So if you want to get something, Dark Knight's metal. What is it? DC, which it is DC, but DK, DN. Holy shit! Donkey Kong's gonna show up. DN, DK. No, oh, it's Knights with the Knights. Knights with the Knights. Okay. What if it was DK though? It's not like he. What if he shows up from the Dark Universe? (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! Nintendo. It'll be great. Uh, Get those books. We uh, a couple of them we recommend. A couple of them. Shit tastic. But nobody's, nobody's jumping into Spider Man 2, too. Like, yeah. That's not for nobody who's not read the first one. Right, exactly. Uh, and if you are, good luck, buddy. Thank Surprise. God Corey's buying it, and I'm not. Uh, let's move on to. That's one of those books that I think your brother should just like, this is garbage. He can't. Corey's I, I know he ultimate. can't. It's got Spider Man, but. Yeah. The feature for this week, we're going to be. Uh, Court, is it an honor? We're going to argue some cases. Uh, one at a time, going to go around and. Uh, Pick our court case, and then you're going to assign a uh, prosecutor, defender, while you play the judge. Uh, I would also like to uh, go ahead and uh, send us your uh, verdicts uh, audience on Twitter at, uh, at Wednesday Comics or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Wednesday Comics Podcast. Um, and, but we're going to make a verdict here, and you guys are the extra votes. So maybe it could be turned around. Uh, who wants to go first? I'll throw mine out there. So I'm going to read it word for word because it sounds better than anything I come up with now. Okay. So my case, Marvel as a publisher with all marketing, advertising, and printing are either making this content for the fans or they are doing it to fatten their wallets. Um, I think I'm going to give... Ooh, this is good. Um, I'm going to give... Alex, the content for the fans, and Marvin doing it to fatten their wallets. Because I know how hellfire this guy gets about everything. So <laughs> I want to give him some, oh, they're doing it for the fans. And then you fatten their wallets. So who goes first? Well, who's who's the uh, prosecutor? That's your, that's your job as a judge. Yeah, say, who's the prosecutor? What's the case? Marvel Comics versus the people. Um. I'll let... Uh, Cut your knees uh, off. Look at this judge. Can you make a decision? Fuck. There's a lot of pressure. Okay. <laughs> Can't make you a fucking go first. So I am the fucking prosecution. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I went to uh, the same judge uh, school. Dread? That, what? Yeah, I'll be judge. Judge Dread, Dread Academy. Ooh, that's You're like a fucker. horrible place to go. You are terminated <laughs> to judge first. Is that right? <laughs> Judgment. Hello, uh, jury, judge. How you doing? And executioner. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Holy shit, it's Punisher. He's right behind <laughs> you, so don't fuck up. So I tell you what. I forgot what my whole thing is about. Do we have a time you limit know what for each about? thing? Isn't that what we did last Oh, yeah, time? but I have my phone right now. I have mine. How many, what's time? It was uh, five, five for minutes. each and then a two-minute rebuttal. Five minutes for each? Well, we're not going to be five minutes. Do three. Three. Three and then a one-minute rebuttal. Okay, fine. Go. Jury. Judge. Well, judge first. Judge, jury. They're the ones who actually tell you what to tell me. Right. I'm, just telling, I'm just telling you how to do your job, bro. Well, right. Go ahead. Waste, waste your time. <laughs> of course. So now I tell you what. As a fan, what do you care about? You care about these books? Yes, you do. <laughs> what books are you talking about, plaintiff? Marvel books. Okay. So now when they write this book... Of course, you know the right for the fans. They want these fans to read these books. They go see these movies. They need this source material to read. And so they write it. 
and they give it out to you to read. So you're flipping through these pages. You're like, holy shit. Next page is coming out. Holy shit. Spider-Man's dead. I got to get that next issue. You go to the store. You pick up that number two. Spider-Man died. <laughs> well, the way that Marvel probably Let me hold it, you in contempt for spoilers. When did he? I'm not going to give you any specifics, Judge. Fake I'm spoilers. sorry. Forgive me. Jerry. That's right. Nobody reads Spider-Man, so. Yeah, I know. Um, it's lots of Only fucking hashtag. Ghost, guess hashtag 40,000. So I tell you what. You know that when these teams get together, Bendis, Marquez, other writers from Marvel, <laughs> you know they're putting these books out because they care about their fans. They listen to podcasts. They listen to reviews. They listen to what their fans require from them. I want a good story. I want this. I want this good. You know what? Fuck this shit. They just go, I want this good shit. Bring it to me. I'm a fan. Supply it to me. That's it? That's it. That's all that needs to be said. Oh, boy. All right. Now, <clears throat> Marvin, your three minutes starts By the way, now. I tell you what, uh, Judge, sorry, one thing. Uh, your courtroom is so fucking hot. <laughs> it is really yeah, hot. Yeah, because it's getting steamy, isn't it? Yeah, the fucking case is thickening. Go. Because this case is hot. Judge, thank you for having me in the uh, courtroom today. I'm used to this heat from um, from Alabama. Uh, so let me first start with uh, this guy says they do it for the fans Marvel Comics uh, these New York boys um, up there in uh, New York City New York State um, if they really did it for the fans let me exhibit A let's put it up here uh, not up here pretend there's a green screen behind you we're going to put up variant, uh, variant covers now, if they were for the fans, DC uh, Comics, let's go with their competitors, uh, puts out variant comics, same price as the normal comics. You pick what you want. Every month, new variants come out. Marvel says to retailers, hey, order twice the many comics as you got last month. We'll give you one variant. That's why comic book stores have to mark it up because they're buying double them out. They're going to make back their money. Now, you're telling me if they were like, hey, let's reward the fans with this sweet uh, Alex Ross cover. If that was for the fans, why are they making to pay double for that cover? Why are they making the they're forcing the retailers to mark it up because they want the numbers? And we were talking about numbers earlier in the show. My uh, associate Marvin um, was saying that these numbers are inflated, and when you look at it, a lot of times it is these varying covers. It is these number ones, and that's why they've been doing a lot of number ones. These reboots, these fake reboots. Is could never one sell a lot because spectators buy them and they inflate the numbers. They make money off of them. Now, you're telling me if you think that's for the fans, they would keep it the same number. Like, why change the number in at all? The number really doesn't matter. Like, for me, it doesn't matter. And you're saying, well, then why are you worried about it? Why are you worried about it? I'm worried about it because those number ones then are inflated. People go out and buying them. You make the, you have an excuse to make a number one issue five bucks, six bucks, sometimes ten bucks, whatever you want to charge because you're like, hey, it's a number one. You pay more for the number one. Well, it's not number one to me. It's number 16. It's the same story that I was told before. You know, you tell me that's not fat in their wallets? Yeah, it's a dollar extra. It's a $2 extra book. But when you're talking 40000 or when those books came out, it's 120000 So for them, it's $120,000 more they're making that month for no reason other than to make $120,000 more. 
Um, question. Yes. On behalf of the court, um, I've heard reports that the comic book cover, like material that they use, is uh, more dry than hotel shitty toilet paper. <laughs> and they recently remember back. Let's remember back. Marvel Comics decided to change <laughs> their uh, cover stock. And then they said, hey, we heard from you guys out there. Your fans will like it. It uh, leaves uh, fingerprints a lot. So a lot of the people have been saying that it doesn't hold up well. We're changing it back. That was a final thoughts. Two years ago. Run out of time. And that paper couldn't even stop my fingerprint. It's still doing it. Uh, that is not where I thought you were going. <laughs> Alex, rebuttal. One minute. Go. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I am drawing a blank on these fans. You look like just like that guy in your cover on your shirt right there. Hot and black. You look uh, like a deer in headlights. Kind of. Sorry. I am literally dying in here. Yeah, because you're losing this case. I know. You know what? My my fans over here are telling me what they want to hear is that, you know, they're willing to pay the extra money for these covers for the fact that it's an Alex Ross cover. Why would I not spend more for this man to take his time to draw this book for me? They're willing to spend this money because they like these characters. They like this art. They like this writing style. They're all in for this. If they didn't like Marvel, they would have dropped it. They're helping make some money for these people, but it's because they like these stories. Because they like what they're Ten seeing. Ten seconds left. Judge, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Holy fuck, I was going to call I was gonna, a I was, hole. I was going to call objection. Then I realized it was your question. <laughs> I wasn't going to win. <laughs> Just letting you know, dick. All right, Grayson. All right. Marvin, rebuttal. Let me ask you something, Judge. When you're building a fire, you need to let it breathe and let it make it go big, right? Right. You don't smother it. Mm-mm. So you're telling me this is for the fans. So why is it that when a series hits big, it hits and there's fire, there's a lot of excitement for something. Uh, case in point, Black Panther. People are like, oh, it's a great book. They sold a lot. And they're like, you know what? Let's make two more series for that. It wasn't because they were like, hey, people are asking for more. No, they were saying, hey, we like this book. But for them, they were like, people will buy Black Panther. If we make them because they were saying, hey, you need to read all these to get Black Panther, what's going on, maybe we can get the people to buy the books. And then you have, you know, World of Wakanda and the crew, which get canceled after six issues or less than six issues because they can't sustain. You get them uh, saying, hey, people are talking about this Ultimate book. It's one of the best books ever. And they're saying, let's, hey, let's restart it. Ultimates 2 for no fucking reason. Oh, sorry, didn't swear, Judge. It's okay. No reason. Goes nine issues, and then they're like, hey, let's make that 10th issue, the 100th issue. For what reason other than... Objection over time. Time. To put gasoline on a fire and put it out right away. Time. Okay. So now I got to pick who won? Marvin. Yeah. Well, clearly, you know, we had one person that was an asshole to the judge the entire fucking time. Happens. So if I had my Judge Dread hat on, <laughs> I would shoot you in the chest. I just assumed you were wearing it. Okay. And then for this guy, who's basically giving me bottomless popcorn, he wins. <laughs> 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 All right. Boom. I'm one up. Uh, uh, yes. I'll go next. That way uh, you guys can go. I can't. I just This is going to fucking suck. Uh, <laughs> I hate this. Uh, so wait, before we even go, I seem to put a disclaimer out here. No matter what I pretend to say in this upcoming case, trust me, it is 100% not true. Marvin might edit this out, but you know who where my allegiance lies. And it's not to this fucking shaded argument that I now have to pretend is true. 
Um, <laughs> and if he dies, if he's dying of heat stroke, do I automatically win? If he passes, if he passes out. out, okay. Uh, we're going to do a case here. I know I told you we're going to do Superman. Did you change it? Changed it. Holy fuck. And I even prepared. So your disclaimer doesn't make sense anymore. His okay. disclaimer was for... He was going to tell me to uh, basically badmouth the King, the Legend, Superman. So what I am going to bring up here uh, is a case called uh, Batman versus the People. Alex, I want you to tell me why Batman is overused in an overrated character. And uh, Garrett, you're going to tell me why Batman is still... He's DC's number one guy, and why they use him a lot, it's for a reason. So I'm overused. I, I have Batman is overused. Overrated, overused. Batman. Who goes first? Uh, Garrett, go ahead. <clears throat> All right, Judge. So to make this as simple as possible, um, what, like, who do people associate with the most? Gods, people that you could never aspire to be, that you wish you could be, or the everyday person who deals with tragedy in their life? And if I think of DC Comics, the first person that comes to mind that's most relatable to me as a human, besides his, obviously, you know, well, we'll just get there. Batman. Okay. This is a person who, as an infant, lost his parents in a very traumatic way. Is he an infant? No, he was like... Uh, an infant. Sorry. As a, in his youth. youth. Okay. Yeah. In his youth, he lost... Objection. Lying to the <laughs> jury. <laughs> it was mispronunciation. In his youth, he lost his parents... Um, and that shaped his life for the rest of it. As a fetus, lost his parents. <laughs> it, it, fuck, I was I was in the zone. Okay, whatever. Burst right through the womb, pre-birth when he was um, a twinkle in his dad's eye. <laughs> but just like for Marvel, like Spider-Man's your more down-to-earth hero out of all the which one popular heroes, Peter Parker. Bruce Wayne for us is like if we really wanted to be, we could be Batman. It'd be really fucking hard. I mean, you'd have to do so much training, but it's feasible that if I had millions of dollars, the right amount of training for all the years of my life, I could be Batman if I wanted, if I could really get to that level. Now, I couldn't be Superman. I couldn't be Wonder Woman. I couldn't be these people. So um, Batman is really easy to associate with. A, the world's a shitty place. Like, it's not all sunshine, sunshine and rainbows, you know? It's going to beat you down to your knees. You know, it's not about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. Fucking <laughs> right. <laughs> and so Batman. Balboa. Huh? Balboa. That's all Batman. He says, no, I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I think, uh, is Batman overrated? I mean, he's sell like, think about his comic sales. I mean, we're getting 80,000 copies sold <laughs> every issue, basically. Um. I want to point out that it's statistics, Judge, so he might not have that. Um, <laughs> um, so he's clearly still relevant, at least for the uh, percentage of comic book readers. Um, I'm pretty sure that you'd get more people in line for a Batman movie than anybody else, basically. Um, the Dark Knight trilogy, one of the greatest Batman trilogies of all time. And, you know, some people wanted it to be more into Batman's mythology, but a lot of people respected it for the fact that it was realistic because, again, you can associate with Batman. Batman lost his family, he's lost the love of his life, and he's had to overcome adversity. That's everyone's daily struggle. So I think Batman is totally still relevant, um, and he will be for many years to come. Thank you. Ready? I'm not the fucking judge. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Pastrello. Go ahead. 
Hey, Mr. Judge. You know, Jury, I want to let you know who the, other than Superman, the least relevant character in DC Comics is Batman. Far, far too often does he show up in a book. He doesn't need to be in JL. He's got his Batman book. He's got his detective book. In New 52, he's in the Dark Knight book. Now, I realize not everyone has the same question I do about this caped crusader. But how can you be so many places at one time? How can you be so well prepared that when you go to have dinner with the Clarks, you wear your... Excuse me, objection. You said the Clarks. Well, you told me that Batman was a baby, so... That that was just pronunciation. Before, uh, save his time. Can you pause it? He'd like to recall his time. Yeah, I'll give him 10 seconds. Before you, uh, before we continue, please turn that fucking fan on, on the lowest setting. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm like literally passing out. Like I literally. Okay, was I, was, like, I am so hot in this building right now. <laughs> Holy shit. Like my, I'm wearing okay. a fucking sweatshirt. I'm doing pretty good. But I would call this the episode where everybody where everybody gets heat stroke. <laughs> my arm, my arms are so sticky. It's gross. <laughs> I'm like right. talking to him, and I was like having like a fucking fever dream. Wow, well, you also just as he has to end up touching me just to stay awake. All right, okay, go. hang on. Well, I got to remember where I was at now. I got thrown off uh, from the story. You said, "Oh, that you interrupted me." That's what the Smiths. The Clark's. What, no, the what, what name is that? They're the Kent. Kent. Is, what they did I say? Clark's? Yeah. Oh, shit. Clarks. I'm Ryan. Yeah, you're right. Okay. The Kent house. How can Batman be prepared? Shows up with Diana, gets laser beamed through a door in the chest, goes 50 feet away. Everyone says this man is mentally, physically, emotionally, he's prime, trained to the best profession he can be. That is the bogus, most bullshit thing I have ever heard. No way can you have a six-pack abs withstand getting punched in the face <laughs> by the Man of Steel. Have you read Hush? Holy shit. The man takes out Superman with this Kryptonian ring that he keeps on, or Kryptonite ring he keeps in his pocket. Holy shit, that is bull crap. I'm sorry, Judge. I'm so frustrated with how much Batman has to show up. The Dark Knight trilogy is not even one of the best trilogies. It's the only fucking trilogy. You know what else? I'm glad Batman got his back broken. I'm sorry. I look at you and you smiled at him. <laughs> Batman is one of those characters that when he dies, he should stay dead. He is not relatable at all because no one's ever going to go through that much training, that much punishment, that much suffering that this man has ever taken. Only pussies wouldn't. Well. <laughs> the only thing Batman has going for him is money. And no offense, I can't ever become a billionaire. So, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Judge. 30 seconds left. Just let you know. Thank you. For everyone who loves the Batman, you're wrong. There's other characters that are more relevant, more easily understood, and that you can relate to. Spider-Man. Probably one of the easiest characters to fill yourself with. But you know why? Because <laughs> 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 it spits out that webbing. <laughs> Time. All right. Here's my one minute rebuttal. Wait, I should still have 10 more seconds. I fucking paused it for 10 seconds and let you talk. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Judge, whatever the fuck he was just saying, totally wrong. I mean, like I was saying before, he's relatable. Everyone goes through tragedies in their life. If they don't, they're living a fucking lie. Okay? You know, like the once great 
mentor of Batman once said, you know, you're going to eat lightning and you're going to craft thunder. (laughs) 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 You're going to go through hell, but I know in the end, you're going to be the last one standing. (laughs) So... So if I had to say one thing, you know, to Batman, get up, you son of a bitch. Because <laughs> Mickey loves you. Everybody, this is her last will and testament. <laughs> it's like 200 degrees in here. Fuck. Uh, uh, <sighs> go ahead, Doug. <laughs> I can barely get through that fucking <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Let's get serious now. I'm serious. I'm going to die. <laughs> This goes longer we're in this room. <laughs> Go, Alex. Uh, Batman is a, <laughs> a worthless piece of crap. But I, uh, the man is overused. You know what? By now, everyone in Gotham City knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Sooner or later, the civilians will come up and kill him themselves. That is a book I would read. <laughs> <laughs> the people versus Batman. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop seeing Batman eating fire. <laughs> are you? Is you resting your case? I will rest my case. That my Batman's final thoughts on this case: I pity the fool. <laughs> uh, so when this started, when I gave him out, usually when uh, we give out the court cases, I do have an opinion, and actually my opinion is uh, with Alex. But the, the uh. judge is gonna have to rule in Garrett's favor. He better made a better argument. <laughs> And I made you guys cry too. So. <laughs> Mostly because you were arguing that Batman's not logical in the, in the first part. And I was wanting you to argue that he's so reused. I mean, you did it kind of. I did, but. <clears throat> but you went on a rant about how he can't be in 15 places at once. Of course. Logical. Oh, by the way, I'd like to make a, a, a correction. Batman, uh, last month, number 26, sold 107,000. Nah. And twenty seven sold one hundred two. But so if we take out if we take out all events and number one issues, Batman twenty six was the number one issue that wasn't an event or number one. One hundred seven thousand. Batman twenty seven was one hundred two thousand. <laughs> and the next one down is Star Wars thirty three, and it's fucking Star Wars. Wow, which should be the most casual book you can pick out, right? Any yeah. fan could go. Uh, it is at seventy four thousand. Damn. So like. Let's make that the baseline. Ba- Batman's a, a beast that like has always been, you know yeah. what I mean? Star Wars. That everybody should be getting Star Wars. That sees those movies. It's actually a pretty good book. Seventy four thousand. Like who's getting comics? What issue is that in Star Wars? Thirty three. And we talk Walking Dead one sixty nine, another book that should be selling a lot. Sixty seven thousand. Wow. 
And it's just because so everyone's not watching the TV. They show. might be getting trades though. Yeah. Walking Dead. Hmm. Let's th- well, let's see here. Uh, Amazing Spider Man fifty six thousand. So, uh, to be fair, I would have to also agree with your choice, Judge. <laughs> Garrett won that one. What is your case, <laughs> Judge? <clears throat> Judge so, Pastrami. <clears throat> Judge Pastrami. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a little choked up here. Judge. Uh, so it's, it's a common thing that. I actually do question what is more important and what helps decide the strength of a book is the art or is it the writing? Is it the writer, the artist, which, which do you choose? Which sways your choice? And Garrett, I want to give you the art is the strength. Marvin, you're the writer. Make me first. Marvin will go first. <clears throat> Are you ready, Marvin? Yeah. Go. <clears throat> Judge, let me bring something to your attention here. Art. Yes, these are uh, sequential pictures that are telling a story. Correct. So with art, it's an essential piece, right? But is it the most important? I do not believe so. Here's why. Writing, if you look from a script level, is telling the artist what to do. So when you get uh, a Greg Rucka, he's telling the artist, here's what you have to do. Here's how the story is going to be. So when you see something, a lot of times when we talk about the art, we talk about, I like the way that was told, the storytelling in that way, the panel layout, all that stuff. It comes from a writing level. You're, a bad script is never going to be a great comic. A great script can turn out to be an okay comic because of the art. But you need the foundation for everything. So you can't start with a bad script and the artist is building on what that is. So when we get a book that has great art, we're always saying, hey, this art elevated this writing. Wait a second. That's wrong. Are you? <laughs> Question of the whole time you've been turning not. We're saying. If Judge, I completely agree. With we get the great problem. art. It's because you're saying that a good writer, the writer's saying, hey, I want this panel to be like this. I want this action scene to be this. When you get bad writing, we get something called Trinity number 12, 12 <laughs> which is probably being, uh, I mean, it's, it's convoluted. So you have a writer that has to incorporate all these scenes of people just talking. So the writing, if it suffers, the art suffers. If the writing is great, we get a good comic art-wise. I don't think you're going to see, let's let's go back to movies for a second. If, you ever, like, if they have no script, there's no direction. Where's that movie going? For instance, the Pirates of the Caribbean number two and three, they shot without a script. Those movies are convoluted. You know what's going on. However, you find something amazing like Goodfellas and that script. Perfect. Those scenes laid out. They write notes and everything. What do you think Quentin writes his own scripts for? Quentin Tarantino. Because he needs to write all the direction. When you get somebody like Tom King, if you read his vision comic, a lot of its direction. Do it like this. This is what I'm looking for. It's never you never see an artist be like, "Hey, you didn't tell me to do this, but here's what happened." Writing is essential to comics because they're not only sequential pictures; they're sequential pictures telling a story. I a lot more time. <clears throat> Mostly because I'm going to get ready for me. I'm ready, <clears throat> Judge. I'd like to call to the table the worst. One of the worst trades I've ever read, Arkham Asylum by Grant Morrison, drawn by who gives a shit because the art's shitty. So, 
you know, that writing, I mean, I love Grant Morrison, but the way he wrote that book was try to, you know, get in your mind and confuse you and make you all fucked up. Well, you know what that art? <laughs> that art didn't do justice to that story, okay? I The shit I was seeing on the page was the shit I was reading, okay? So now, let's turn around. So we can talk about Trinity number 12, which we were reviewing today. Now, what if that was still written by Rob Williams, but drawn by Francis Manipal? Would that book be saved because Manipal would know enough to make this book his own? Let's say... You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> we'll think about Vision. I've read those director's cuts, okay? At least the first four issues because, uh, you know, Marvel fat in their wallet with 14 bucks from me. So, um, literally, Tom King says, the planter was in the air, okay? But fucking Walta, he fucking makes blooms. He makes it like look so magical and like there's so many different angles that you see it from. And like when you see that thing, you're just like, that's a nice planter. You know what I mean? So <laughs> um, Tom King didn't write that. Walta drew that into your minds, basically. All right. What about another one? Descender did uh jeff lemire right and then boom a beam went in the kwan's back no fucking probably did. dustin win <laughs> fucking all you see is a fucking laser beam going through his fucking chest <laughs> so i mean he might have wrote it in the script but did he write it on the page no it's behind the scenes no one gives a shit first come first serve art Okay. Oh, what is the one of the best silent issues I've ever read is when Damien dies in Batman and Robin. I mean, I don't know who did that art. I think it was Gleason. It was Gleason. He did that whole silent issue. By the end, tears. Tears coming down my eyes. Being like, why did we lose that brave little man? <laughs> um, what did you say? Mickey? What? It wasn't Mickey. What are you talking about? Not, I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. <laughs> um, so all I know is when it comes to art in a book, <laughs> you got to drive this man down hard. Okay. And always be in your corner. You know, that's what <laughs> the art says to the writer. So, you know, <clears throat> need lightning fast art. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Marvel, Mar- Mar- what's your rebuttal? Minute on the clock, please. Go. Um, let me tell you something. You just brought up a good uh, point for me. Thank you. Uh, was Batman and Robin? Robin issue? Silent issue? Mm-hmm. Requiem. So when Gleason... Tomasi? Who does the art? Gleason. When Gleason does the art in that issue, he's credited as the writer. Because you cannot write a comic book, silent, even the silent issues, without good writing there's a script the script tells you exactly what's laid out and you lay it out why that's why so many of these writers are becoming i mean so many of these artists are becoming writers it's because the writing is like you need this direction to make good art and so they see it from the writers and they do it so then they become the writers themselves because they know they've given themselves direction you never see a writer be like i'm going to become an artist when have you seen that ever because writing is where it's at <clears throat> All right. Hold on a second. Also, Marvel said that artists don't count for shit, so I'm going with them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my one minute. Yep. 
I'm going to bring up one artist, and this is just one my fucking case right here. Brett Booth. Best artist on the planet? Fuck no. <laughs> I was thinking, if you say yes, you're not going to win. <laughs> I mean, you get him on a book versus, say, like Kenneth Rockefeller on Titans. Was that Brett Booth that issue ever going to be good? No. Because Brett Booth sucks. <laughs> but no, but can't, somebody like Kenneth Rockford has the guns to be able to present whoever shitty story they like Dan Abnett, you know, he wrote out a script like do this, but you know, uh he carried it out. All right. So uh <laughs> you know, I got twenty seconds left on the clock, and I already just won this fucking case by saying, think of Brett Booth. Okay. So I mean trying to think of a good rocky quote but i can't think of one right <laughs> yeah now. i wonder why but you know i will break you so thanks bane <laughs> uh drago drago is that drago well bane says it too doesn't he maybe possibly probably at some point <clears throat> which came first though chicken or the egg but i didn't hear no bell <laughs> so get I... up you son of a bitch <laughs> Garrett loves you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, to be fair, I kind of like you, Marvin. I had this. I had. I was actually leaning towards art, but I never actually thought about that. The writer really does probably make the script of this is what I want would like you to draw within this rough. I get that the artist has a choice. I'm probably going to go with writing is stronger. Two and zero. I agree with you though. In real life, <laughs> I mean, like art Generally is speaking, fantastic. Art is my I choice. think it's it's much a it's a fifty fifty. I mean, you have to put as much faith in the artist as to do the writer. Like I think in it's Lazarus, hard, it's hard it's to both. get past bad art. However, I think you can. I think the part the most important part of a comic book is writing. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if you have bad writing and it's over nice looking pictures, you're just looking at pictures. What are you doing? But I see it as that I'm more forgiving to bad writing and good good art than I am. Well that's what I mean. Good like, writing and bad it's easier art. to look at good art and be like, oh that's good. But you know, when you look at good good writing is very subtle. <clears throat> so when you have good writing you don't notice it. When you have bad writing you're like, this is horrible. And and good art and bad art, either way you're like, oh this is good because it's visual. It's easier to see. So I think there's more definitely more people are like right away be like, oh I like this art. When they're picking up a book, it's obviously a thing that people do when they pick up a book. They oh, I like this art. I'm gonna pick up this issue. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a Greg Rucka, like a Jason Aaron, like somebody who's writing the book, great. If you have a book that's like a writer that's not giving you uh, what you want, and then the day you can drop that book, no matter how beautiful it is. For instance, uh, that Spider Man Two, probably gonna drop it. I love that art though. Well, I was gonna say actually. Um J- like Jason Aaron, you brought up Southern Bastards is one of those books. I like Jason Latour, but it's more of Jason Aaron's writing that actually keeps me in the book, seeing yeah. where the story's going. Those two books. Less what the art is telling me. I guarantee you, though, Jason Latour helps with that story, though. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sure That's he does. That's what I mean. So, like, I mean, it's a shared. It's my, shared both it, ways. It's unfortunate to go with an image choice because it is a shared dream. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, a, a shared story. Artist and a writer. Like, the artist is helping the writer, like, write the story. A lot of times when you get these, like, image books <clears> that are, like, a team. They're like, hey, this is where I wanted to go. A lot of the direction of the stuff, like they're contributing to the script. So obviously, it's more important rather than right. Jason Aaron's not contributing to the art. Like, hey, let me draw that page for you. Yeah. No, it's all Jason Latour. Yeah. Uh, because it's more, it's more of a skill, but it's more important. The other one, you have a captain and you have the other guy. You like, you have a Tennille. <laughs> Give it to Neil. Give it to Neil this season. Captain Tennille. Oh, Captain Tennille. 
That's been Wednesday Comics, episode 60. We didn't mention it at the top. Uh, episode 60, that is the temperature in here in Celsius, which means, uh, what is it? Let's see, what, almost like 80 degrees? Zero Kelvin. Oh, it's hotter than that. <laughs> we'll figure it out here. 138 degrees Fahrenheit. Kelvin. What is 60 degrees Celsius? 60 degrees Celsius, you big dumb idiot. In Fahrenheit. 140 degrees in here. Holy so we're fuck. dead. Fahrenheit. Uh, Ask Siri, what's The Rock doing? Right send now? good wishes. <laughs> Make sure to visit our funeral so you're all invited to the wakes <coughs> of uh, Wednesday Comics. That's been the show for this week. Uh, we've been uh, in court, is in session. Uh, nobody came, so it was just judges and uh, lawyers arguing it out. All the jury said this is too hot, and they all did. Can I say one last thing about the courts? Yeah. Is I think we did so well in the court system. That I think uh, the final word should be, let's just join the circus. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, at Wednesday Comics on Twitter, at Alex Pastrallo, uh, at Garat2188, at Marvin underscore Saguero, or at Pastrami underscore news. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, let us know at, at Wednesday Comics. Who do you think won those cases? Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Wednesday Comics Podcast. Make sure to go to WednesdayComics.com. If you ever need more information, go and find us on iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher Radio. I don't want to point to all of us for that. Um, make, do me a favor if you haven't yet. If you think that you're like, hey, I don't listen to iTunes, uh, but you have everybody has access to iTunes. If you can go and leave us a review or a rating, it really does help. It puts us into the algorithm. I don't know how it works. I'm not a uh, algorithmist, but it helps put in more people's. Uh, Suggestions. So go ahead and leave us a review. There's been some people who have been grateful enough. I have been good enough to leave reviews. Thank you very much. Um, as a last favor for us before we die, leave us a review. Um, uh, make sure to visit our sponsors, Roots of the Swamp Thing.com. You know why? Because it's like a swamp in here and we are getting <laughs> in the environment. We're saying, let's, we're making, that's what we're doing right now. We're, this is, this is a homage to Roots of the Swamp Thing.com. Go to RainbowComicsAndCards.com. You can get uh, online orders to mail to you for a shipping price, or you can stop by Sioux Falls or Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, get your comics in store. Uh, somebody today, actually, when I was there, uh, JP was like, "Hey, we have a dollar wall if you want to get some comics off there," because he was getting some Star Wars comics, and we had they had Star Wars in the dollar wall. And the guy's like, "Oh, you have a dollar wall?" So we went over there and bought some more, which is a good thing. I mean, if you're gonna try something out, sometimes a lot of times. There's comics on there. You're like, oh yeah, I heard about that. Let's try it out. Get dollars, buck. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? You gonna buy that comic? You're gonna you can't even buy a soda anymore. What are you gonna buy for a buck? Yeah. Not even even even, even, even the, dollar uh, menus are like a dollar twenty nine now. So what are you doing? Uh, for Wednesday comics, let me just hit your thing. For Wednesday comics, I've been Judge Marvin. Oof, I'm the prosecutor, Alex. And I'm the good-looking Garrett. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, everyone, keep turning those pages. I love you, Rock. Hello, everybody. Marvin from Wednesday Comics. Uh, thank you for sticking around. Uh, this is the voicemail section. If you have any comments, we'll leave it here at the end of the show. Please call us 605-215-1849. Leave us a voicemail. We'll include you in the show. Be part of the show. If you have a question or any uh, question for anyone in the show, leave us a voicemail. We'll drop it in the show. We'll respond to it on the show. But any comments, they'll appear here. Have a good week. Marvin, Marvin, hey there. I know uh, I saw last week you had a uh, fourth microphone set up. I know that was for me. I'm sorry I was not able to make it. I figure I'd get my call in today. 
I know you guys are thinking about what I think about books. Calm down. Here's what I got. Uh, I did get a Space Ghost. Do you know Space Ghost? No, you're not. You're too young. Your kids don't remember. You had that Space Ghost coast to coast. I don't really consider that a real show. The real Space Ghost, he's a cartoon. He was awesome. It was the best. Uh, I picked up the comic, though, and that was with uh, Jeff Parker. Jeff Parker, as you probably remember, sang on that Ghostbusters song. Who are you going to call? Jeff Parker. That's right. Awesome singer. Uh, but really what was good was the Ariel uh, Olivetti art, and, I mean, that was just killing it. She did the series, and I believe it was 2005, six-issue mini with Alex Ross covers. This was my pick of the week. Uh, I mean, Aquaman was amazing. I'm glad you guys left me one on the shelf. That's right, one on the shelf is all you left me. You're lucky I had to knock down some other kids to get to it. But, hey, it's my Aquaman. And I just had to say I do want to thank you for the reminder. I did get the Frost Giant Fury and Rat Queens. I mean, when it comes to D&D and the books, that's what I love. So, hey, I know you're probably going to set up a fourth microphone again. I'm not going to be able to make it. Just put me in here. Uh, I know you guys were just worried about what, what I was thinking. Calm down. We're good. I got my books. Thank you, Wednesday Comics.